We're in this uh, series called Let Go of Your Religion. Well, that's what I'm talking about today. But we're in this series of losing our religion and why it's so important to really pay attention to what religion means in your life. So let me just get into this. um, I'm going to be talking today using John 3. And in John 3, there's an important character in the Bible. His name is Nicodemus. And before I describe Nicodemus, I want to tell you how the world has been set up and what our real job is in here and in life. So in the beginning, in the beginning, all there was was the kingdom. That's all there was in Genesis 1 and 2. There was a kingdom. That's it. Uh, This kingdom was created for you and I to live in dominion. That's what it was created for. And it was created for all men and all women, right? But here is what happened in Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, when it all fell apart, there was a new system that was entered into our world. Before this system was entered into our world, we walked with God. We knew him. He knew us. He knew what our calling was. We knew what our calling was. Adam had a relationship with God. But here is what was introduced in Genesis 3. It was called religion. Religion is, religion is introduced, but before religion was introduced, all there was was a society of people. You following me? So kingdom and society, and they were both one. Now, just hang on for 30 to 40 minutes because you may not understand that this has everything to do with how you're living now. Everything. Because religion has been wrapped around everything in your life. And as Pastor Josh said last week, when religion becomes your life, I or someone else can eventually tell you everything to do. Because you'll do it because someone says, this is what you're supposed to do. So we have a society Adam and Eve are living in that society. They're living in comfortable relationship with God. And then in Genesis 3, religion is introduced. And now what we have is religion that stands between you and the kingdom. Religion is this thin line of how, what, and when to believe. And if I can control what you believe, if I can control what, how you believe, if I can control where you get your information from, if I can control what you really have in your heart, I can tell you what to do. I can tell you where to live. I can describe your entire life. So now, this is what everybody, including me and you in this room, We're fighting this thing called religion because right now, society is separated from kingdom. How do you fight through religion? Most of us don't even know what it is. But we all live in that system, all of us. Um, All of us were born into iniquity. Right? Right? So the system that was set up for all of us in iniquity to find a place we could either please God or get what we need from him, we have to come through religion. Am I making sense at all? Maybe I should read what I wrote down here. So what we have to understand is that religion now sits between us and God. So if religion sits between us and God, we have to find a way to deal with religion. And now, because religion affects your marriage, religion affects your money, religion affects your health. Everything about you is affected by what you believe. Everything. How much money you make, do you know that happens in church? If I tell you, hang on and wait for heaven... You never think about making a million dollars a year. Do you know how many young people I've talked to in my life who were supposed to be doctors and lawyers, but somebody told them Jesus was coming soon? 
So the 12 years it would take me to become a doctor, I don't have time for that. Jesus could come tomorrow. Religion makes a lot of decisions for me, and it makes a lot of decisions for you. And that's why I decided years ago, I'm done. I'm done allowing people who don't even know me, don't necessarily love me, telling me how to live. I'm done with that. All of it. Can I be clear? So now you understand. I want to help you understand because this affects affects you everywhere. It affects me. Now, if religion is the issue, what you have to see now is Jesus and Nicodemus. This conversation is the clash of the titans. Let me tell you who Nicodemus was. This is so good to me. Now that you've been on the floor and you know God's empowered you, what has he empowered you to do? That's my job, to make sure you know. Nicodemus, there are some things you need to know about him. Nicodemus is a Pharisee, but he's the head of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is the group of men who make the religious laws. And there were literally 613 laws. 613. You Google it right now. There could not be that many laws. No, you Google it. 613 laws. This stuff you had to do to be right with God. The idea was, if I kept you busy trying to be right with God, you would never discover yourself. You would never try to do anything big because you'd be stuck. Oh, my God, I washed the pitcher before I washed the cup. There were laws. You had to wash the cups. Then you had to wash the bigger cups. Then you could watch the pitcher. If you got that backwards, you had to do it over or you were going to hell. If you came within three blocks of a funeral... You had to go home and take another bath. You imagine you driving to work, you late. <laughs> you you, dri- you driving to work, you late, and you pull across. There's a hearse one block away, and you see the hearse. You say, "Oh man, you got to go home, take a shower, get back in the car." Halfway to work, guess what happens? There's another funeral. <laughs> These were laws. Nicodemus is in charge of the laws, religion. Jesus is in charge of the kingdom. And now they're getting ready to have a meeting. This meeting is not preached about often. And it's not told often about what it really means. I want to tell you what it really means. This clash of the kingdom and religion coming together. Am I making sense? Now, I'll tell you about this story so you understand who Nicodemus was. And They're not going to put this up. I'll just tell you a story, but it's found in Luke uh, 13. In Luke 13, this is very important because this is the first time Jesus and Nicodemus met. I won't try to take too long with this. Pastor Josh was preaching a couple weeks ago, and he talked about the the eight. Jesus at 12 was doing the work of God, And his mother came and father came to look for him because they had gone and left him in the city. Remember that? Well, there's a lady in church that was in church that day. The day Jesus' mother said, you got to come with us, and he submitted to the law, there was a woman in the church that day that had just become ill. So Jesus is now back in the same church teaching. But he's 30 now. 18 years. He's teaching in the church and he sees the woman, T.D. Jakes, bent over. She's bent over and Jesus sees her and says, woman, thou art loosed. 18 years. Nicodemus shows up and says, this is not right. Okay. Nick, Nick. Nick at night shows up and says, this is not right. He says, you got six days to work. But on the seventh day, you can't work. Jesus healing the woman at church. 
was a sin. So Nick and Jesus have met before. <laughs> Can you imagine being in a church where it's illegal to heal people on Sunday? Can you, can you imagine being a part of a religious sect where some people can be rich and others have to be poor? Can you imagine being a part of a religious system where some people are called to be great and others are called to be servants? This is how these systems are set up. So now, let me just get to it. You all right? Uh, I was going to say Nicodemus 3 and 1, but it's actually John 3 and 1. It says this. <laughs> there was a man of the Pharisees. Who is he? He's Nicodemus. Name Nicodemus. He's the. This is not some peon in the garage changing the tires. He owns the religious system. The whole system. He owns it. He's the leader of it. Watch this. But this man came to Jesus by night. And said to him, Jesus, he said, Rabbi, Nicodemus calls Jesus Rabbi, which simply means teacher. You're like me. We're both teachers. Watch. We know that you are a teacher come from God. How do we know? For no one can do what? That you do unless God is with him. We understand this. So the first thing that's going to happen when religion confronts kingdom will be this kingdom dissonance. Kingdom dissonance. And just about three or four years ago, God said to me, Martin, stop it. Stop it. Stop trying to teach people the kingdom who have dissonance. It's because it becomes a psychosis to people in their heads and in their hearts. They don't know what to do with this. In other words, what they're saying is there's dismay. Nicodemus didn't come to Jesus at night because he was scared. He was the third richest man in Jerusalem. He had money. He had power. He came to Jesus early in the morning because he was confused. He did not understand. Now, I'm working 613 laws, and I haven't seen a miracle since Moses parted the sea. You only got one law, and now you're raising the dead. You're healing the sick. You're making fish come up with gold. There's something about you that ain't happening with us. Let me tell you something right now. It don't matter, really, who likes you or who doesn't. The only question is, do you have the right idea from God that is original? And if you're, if you're serving religion, I want to convince you to let it go. Shout, let go. You're not just holding religion, but religion's holding you. So what this means is, I can't, I, I mean... I can't really leave what I believe, even if I know what I believe is wrong. That's dissonance. That is, that is like, I can't leave it. I know it's wrong, but I can't give it up. And I know it's not right. <laughs> this mental dissonance could be described as, uh, how do I let go of what I have believed for such a long time? Even if it's not working for me. How do I deal with that? This, this dissonance, this disconnect in my own head and in my heart. How do I do? I, see, I had to deal with this. I had to deal with this, this dissonance at the age of 16. Being confronted with what looked like was happening and finally God saying, I don't have anything to do with that. Don't, don't, even, get mixed up, don't even get mixed up in that. Stay right here, Martin. I got you. It's this, okay, it really means this, an inability of the mind to understand. A dissonance is when there's a disconnection between what you know is right and what you feel like you can do with your heart. That's what Nicodemus felt. He felt this, what is happening? I'm in charge of all these Jewish people. I'm in charge of all the synagogues. But this guy wants to say something to me. Now, you would think Jesus would say, let me describe your dissonance. He didn't, Josh. He didn't. He didn't, and we shouldn't. 
let me help you out. Never defend the kingdom. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to be defensive. You don't have to protect the kingdom. What's God going to do with your gun in a real fight? I mean, in a real fight, what, what, what is he going to do with your nuclear bomb? What, what, what's that going to do? I mean, when he's ready to really fight, he sends one angel. <laughs> I'm going to fight for God, really. Sit down and stop listening to these religious people. So number two, number two, we've got to learn the difference. I'm almost there, y'all. We've got to learn the difference between flesh and spirit. They're different in this kingdom. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, I know you. I know you are a teacher. You've done all these miracles. In the Bible, there's an interruption in the text. You don't see it here, but there's an interruption in the text where Jesus cut him off. Jesus cut off Nicodemus because he knew who Nicodemus was. So he says to Nicodemus, let me tell you what, Nicodemus. Uh, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus is like, whoa, 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 what kingdom of God? We not, I mean, we're not talking about kingdom of God. We, we, were just, <laughs> we were just talking about what I was just talking to you about. He says, no, what you're talking about is the kingdom of God. And if you want to enter the kingdom of God, if you want to see a man say something and it happens right away, you got to be in the kingdom of God. This other stuff you're doing, these washing cups and all this other stuff, this weirdness, how people dress. You mean to tell me, Nicodemus, you can tell me how to wear a long dress but not how to get a job? Okay, okay. Okay, Nic Nicodemus. You can tell me how to speak in tongues, but not how to start a business. You can tell me how to put anointing oil on my head, but not how to get married and raise a family. You mean you can't tell me nothing except the stuff that gets me to heaven? Well, I'm going to be stuck here 75 to 120 years. What do I do while I am? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. I don't need you to tell me about no golden streets. I live at 555 Heavenly Lane. How do I make that a mansion? How do I make my wife and kids feel safe? How do I build a life that I can be proud of? That's all I need. Heaven is never my goal. If I go, which some of our loved ones are there now, if I go, I want to go when it's my time and I have lived on earth as a powerful dominion being. I dare about 15 of you to say, this is the wrong day to mess with me. It's the wrong. You better pick another day. Okay, for real though. For real. So, so now Jesus says, Jesus says, Nicodemus, this stuff you got people so occupied with to make it to heaven. You got them wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in all these rules and all this stuff. You are, you're very rich, but you're telling poor people to wait to go to heaven. Now, hold on now. You, you, you are, you, you're not concerned about being sick. Because uh, with this thing that's going on, all your children got their own wing of the house. They can separate. They ain't got to worry about nothing. They can quarantine. But, you, but you're telling the people who are living in that little shotgun house to just believe God. Now, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but... I want nothing to do with that for me and my family. However, I don't believe you should either. If you're not born again, Nick, you're not going to experience the kingdom. You're going to experience religion, but religion has nothing to do with the kingdom. So the whole power in this is to be born again, again. 
that receiving Jesus doesn't make you born again. Accept Jesus into your heart. Huh? What is that? What does that mean? I'm sorry. Y'all know me. What do, you, what do you mean in my heart? The blood pumping muscle? Or my subconscious mind? What into your subconscious? You need to receive him into your heart. What does that do for me? Oh, y'all stuck. See, if all you did was accept Jesus in your heart, that's why you're still broke. Confused, sick, depressed. You don't need Jesus on your mind. <laughs> you, need, you need the Holy Ghost in your spirit. Without him, you have no help. You have no hope. So you're just a squirrel in the world, my friend said, trying to get a nut. I said, dude, that's crazy. He said, that's all I am, Martin. I said, man, you got to quit. Why would you be in a squirrel in a world God created when he created you a human spirit? Why would you, why would you, don't, don't settle for the nut. Get the million acres with acorn trees on them. For real. So Nicodemus said to him, How? How can a man be born when he's old? Jesus, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? And the mothers all said, heck no. <laughs> so here it is. You will never experience the kingdom through religion. It's not going to happen. You can be saved and not experience the kingdom. You can be saved so that when the world is over, you go to heaven. But Jesus said it this way. Well, David said it this way in Psalm 82. You'll die just like the other men. Jesus said it again in John 10, 34, 35. I have to give you all scripture because he's saying it in the Old and the New Testament because he's saying that until you become born again in spirit, you die like everybody else. Now, you get to go to heaven when it's over. But you still live on earth like you don't own earth. Like you're begging for someone's permission to become who you were created to be in the first place. And you don't need my or anyone else's permission. And whatever you do, don't look at this stage as the place to get power. I ain't got no more power than you. And any preacher that tells you they do, they are your religion. Whatever you do, don't make no man your religion. Because all of us is fools compared to God. Tell the labor, you better have a relationship. So you got to be born again, again. Now, I want to read this one to you from the Message Bible because the next verse is the most important part of what I need to say. The next verse, John 3, 5 in the Message Bible. Watch this. It'll be on the screen for you. Listen to what Jesus says to Nicodemus. He says, now, you're not listening to me. So let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation. He describes it again as the wind hovering over the water creation. The invisible moving the visible, the baptism into new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. You can't unless you are originally born again back to who you were. Listen to what he says. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape 
within is formed by something you can't see or touch. The spirit and becomes a living spirit, which means in this creation, you become another living spirit like God. You become a speaking spirit. You become a co-creating spirit. That in your life, there is nothing unfulfilled. As soon as you say it and believe it, it's done. He says, that's what you're creating. Now, let me show you what this might look like. Because we might, we, we might need a view of this. Because a lot of us aren't privy yet to what being born again really means. And it's important for you to see it. Can we show it to you? I want to show it to you. Jesus is telling Nicodemus, we don't really need any more information. We just need to be restored back to the original idea. Being born again is not coming to the altar and repenting for smoking or having sex last night. Being born again is not this place where we, we're now trying to please this God who really doesn't love us unless we're perfect. God is not a tyrant. He's neither a bean counter. He does not keep account of all your failings. He doesn't have time for that. Because in the beginning, in Genesis 1, this was God. Hovering. Brooding. Over the waters. He's dreaming and imagining what he wants to create. Because now, the earth is without form. It's void. And it says water. So when the Bible says you've got to be born of water, it doesn't mean being baptized in water. It means you've got to be re-baptized in this original idea that God was hovering over the waters. He was dreaming about what he would do. He was, he was imagining you and me. He was brooding. He was protecting and thinking as a mother who has children will come in in the middle of the night just because she's being awakened by God and she'll just stand over her children in the bed and she'll just dream and brood. She'll, while they're in her womb, she'll be thinking and talking to them. She'll be, she'll be thinking about what she wants them to be. And while she's pregnant, she'll build a house or a nest before they're born. God hovered over you. His spirit was creating you in his mind. Then once he had you figured out, he started creating this world for you to live in. He created the light, which was revelation. Then he created the stars and the moons. He created the earth. He separated the water from the land. He's now just putting together this world that you'll be happy in. He, God, over you, brooding and praying and thinking and imagining you. You, my friend, were not an afterthought. You were not something that just happened in God's mind after he ate collard greens or anchovies on his pizza. You are a forethought. Everything was planned for you. The oxygen, everything in the world, everything was given to you. And now in Genesis 1.26, he says, now everything is ready. I'm done brooding. I'm going to create this man. I'm going to create this man, and I'm going to create him, and I'm going to create her, and they're going to be just like me. They're going to have dominion and power. They're going to have leadership. They're going to have worlds that I've created for them. They're going to have a society, family, loved ones. They're going to have everything they need. And they will not have to toil for it. Toil is not God's idea. And see, this is what you were designed to live in. And let me, can I tell you this right now? Now that you're here, God has not left. He's still hovering. When your mama died, when your child died, when your daddy died, when you lost your job, when all these things begin to fall apart in your life, God is like, no, 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 no. I'm brooding here. I'm brooding. I'm brooding. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm always here. 
Nothing has happened to you, Martin. I didn't want it, but I allowed it. Just because I want you to know I'm here. I'm here. And now you will be saying, why do I need religion? If I got God. I need to now be baptized in this original creation. And God said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the animals, those creatures that are crawling. Let them have dominion. And God gave them, gave them an edict. Create something. Do it again. Have dominion. Pursue it. And subdue it. God gave that mandate to everybody. And now religion is teaching you to wait for a better life. which God has nothing to do with. That's created, say it with me, that's created by Nick and them. It's created to be a world that you were never supposed to live in. That wherever you go, God is there. Whatever you do, God is there. Whatever happens to you, if you make your bed in hell, God is there. This is the life he created for you. But you can't have it and religion too. You have to be born again, again. You have to lose your religion. You have to say, I have a relationship with God and God alone. Not some God you created and told me that if I don't serve that God, if I don't serve that God, you're telling me, preacher, you're telling me, if I don't serve that God you created, I'm going to be poor. No, you are a liar. And there is no truth in you. There's only truth here. There's a hovering over your life right now. Well, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in church. It's none of my business. That's your business. But without God, you'll never get there. In this next part of the conversation, and this is where, this is where maybe I'll put my flag down. Nicodemus says to Jesus, how can these things be? What do you mean you want me to go back to Genesis for my creation? Jesus says, yes. Go back to God, God's imagination of you. This is being born again. Go back to his imagination of you. You are here because God created us all, trillions of us, and put us all in Adam. All of us. All of us. As a seed in Adam, given birth to by Eve, he put all of us there. By his imagination. I, I love watching this stuff, and, and some Christians don't want you watching it. So I don't want to pervert your mind from a Christian point of view. But if you Google the sound of the Big Bang, the scientists have picked up this noise of when the Big Bang happened. The sound is still resonating among us. They can even detect 
something that was done or said before the Big Bang. And then you hear the universe expanding in great power in every direction. It's already proven scientifically. It's there. God's imagination now moving on you in the invisible. Oh, um, in the invisible, in the invisible, in the invisible. God moving on you. God moving, hovering, telling you what to do. Doors that are open, opportunities that are in front of you. He's doing that now, and it's his creative spirit inside your spirit. It's not the baby we worship, but it's that spirit inside our children that we have to fall in love with. Here is what Jesus said, literally mind-blowing. He says, let me tell you something, Nick. The wind blows, read it, the wind blows where it wishes. Am I making sense? Not yet, am I? Read it. The wind blows where it wishes. What's next? You hear the... Now, you, you hear the sound of the wind. <laughs> the people you think are messing with you ain't messing with you. You messing with you. <laughs> okay, what did I say? Hear, okay, and you hear the sound of it now. But what? You got, I, I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. I neither know where it's going. Uh-uh. If your toes aren't tingling yet. Okay. This makes my heart race. Last phrase. So is everyone. Y'all don't want to read it. Y'all don't read it. Kingdom dissonance. I said read. Last one. What did I say? Jesus says, Nicodemus, if you get what I just told you, you'll run like the wind. See, the wind, say to yourself, I got to be like the wind. Come on, pull, pull that wig tight on your head, put your shoes back on, and straighten up your glasses and say, I have to be like the wind. Jesus says you can be like the wind. You, people won't be able to tell where you're coming from or where you're going. How do you control a person? You don't know, Jeremy, talk to me. How are you going to control a person you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know where they're going. Lord Jesus, in my Mississippi dialect, you cannot control a person who is like the wind. Just be like the wind. See, the wind doesn't fuss with people. The wind, when the wind hits this building, it either goes through the building, above the building, or around the building. The wind doesn't stop and say, Trouble's in my way. I got to cry sometime. The wind just keeps on moving. Don't mess with me. Not here today. Tell your neighbor, be like the water, girl. Be like the water. The water doesn't ask and it doesn't fuss. The water will sit against an obstacle until it builds up enough stream. Then it'll go around it. It'll go underneath it. It'll go above it. You need to be a kingdom citizen. That's why you need to be born again. I don't care if you slept with a million goats last night. I don't care if you drank and got drunk. None of that has to do with nothing. That's all religious jargon to keep you on your knees. Oh, I'm just a worm. I'm just a no good person. I done failed God one more time. Get your rusty tail up and be born again. Once you're born again, now you not only can't be controlled, Lord help me, you are free now. You're free to be who you are. You go where you need to go. You do what you need to do. Well, I need help. You got the Holy Ghost. He knows everything, everybody, everywhere, all the time. 
The Holy Ghost ain't playing. You are uncontrolled. You are effective now. Hear what I got to say. How do you know the wind is blowing? Somebody talk to me. How do you know? You've never seen it. You've never seen it. You've never seen it. Not one now time. You've never seen it. How do you know it's blowing? You feel the wind. Somebody needs to feel the effect of your dream. How else do you know the wind is blowing? You can hear it. You got books. You got stuff in your heart that people need to hear. How else do you know the wind is blowing? You see the effects of it on the leaves and the paper blowing across the parking lot. There needs to be an effect of your life. Shout, I'm the wind. I'm the wind. I'm the wind. I go where God tells me to go. I do what God tells me to do. Can't get no help from this piano player. I do taking notes, taking notes, taking notes. I need to be able to go where I need to go. I need to be able to do what I got to do. And I'm tired of fussing with you, asking you for your permission. Now watch this now. Watch this now. You can flip this over too, bruh. You can act like the wind or Josh. You can act like the combine. You can become the windmill. You can become the water combine. You can become the windmill. You can say, God, if you blow it, I, 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 I just got my wings out, huh? I don't know what's getting ready to happen. Is there anybody here that would be able to admit, I don't know where I'm going. I really don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. I'm trying to figure it out, but I have no clue. I don't know. Don't ask me. Don't ask me what God told me because I don't know. And some of y'all will say this, don't ask me because I'm scared to tell you. I'm scared to tell you the truth about what I'm dreaming. I'm scared to mention it because I don't even know how in the world this could happen. Listen, sweets, just put your wings out. Catch the wind. You don't have to know. You got to become comfortable with yourself. You just got to put your arms out and say, God, I don't really know. There it is. I'm done teaching. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. God, I don't really know. I, I, but I tell you what. So is he who is born of the Spirit, Fred. Your way won't be able to be blocked because not even you know where you're going. <laughs> you're just following God. Now, religious people want you to spend a lot of time arguing, fussing, fighting, and defending a position. I wish I could tell you the people who have told me, I, I, I can't associate with you because you didn't take a position. And all I'm saying to them is, I, I don't know nothing about that stuff. I, I'm not political. I'm not, I don't, Anything God has ever done in my life, he did it because I was here. Just here. Just here. I'm here. I'm here. I, I'm just here. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I wish I knew, but I don't know. So Martin, since you don't know, can I tell you what to do? It would be great, God, if you would just tell a brother what to do. So God says, you don't understand it, but stay in Omaha. Just stay. You don't understand it, but do that. You don't have the money, but buy that building. 
Martin, wake up in the middle of the night. Son, I want to give you the banking system. I just stay right here. I want to give you the education system. I just stay right here. I'm not doing anything except this. Where is you, honey? Where is you, brother man? Are you here? Are you? Or are you out here? Where you at? I mean, where you at? Are you chasing something you believe? Or are you here in recreation? I know it's tempting to leave here because you feel like if you're over here you can make something happen and if you're over here you can finally chase money down money doesn't run except when you chase it if you'll just be where you're supposed to be I wish I could do this, Catelyn. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. But keep it dark like this and get somebody on one of those spotlights. Just keep it dark like this everywhere. Turn this one on. I want somebody to follow me. Can we do that? You let me know yes or no. Let's give them time. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. This has to be your spirit posture. Joshua, come here. This has to be your spirit posture. I will act like God. You act like a man or woman in earth, just in front of me. That's it. See, you just want to stay here. I know there's some stuff you could go do. Don't be tempted. They're not paying me enough over there. Don't be, don't let money buy you. Just stay where you're supposed to stay. Because God is hovering over this original man, sir. He is with this man. He's not with this man out here. He's with this man right here. He's not going to follow you into some stuff you're trying to do. He has to leave. And everything you've been waiting for is now waiting for you. You're hurting your own self because you won't just be born again. You won't drop that religion that says, I gotta please God, I gotta please God, I gotta please God, and God's like, I'm not your fickle earthly father. I am not like your earthly father that has no plan for you. I am not like your earthly mother that rejected you. That's not who I am. I'm God that gave birth to you, gave birth to you for a reason. And I want you to stop being scared and follow the reason I gave you. That's what my help is. That's what my provision is. Thank you, Josh. I got to get up here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Turn that spotlight on me. Now, you, you got it on me? You got it on me? You, don't, you have it on me? Is that a yes? You, you following me? Huh? See, the devil can find you because you're never where you're supposed to be. He, he, he can find you. See, but if you start moving in God, he can't keep up with you. You're not in his sights. You're doing stuff you're not supposed to be able to do. By the time he find you, you're in a whole nother place. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know she had the guts to do that. Oh, she just tripped you up, didn't she? She flipped on you. He didn't tell you he was going to buy the building. He just let you think that he didn't have no money. <laughs> she, everybody knew she couldn't have a baby. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. She was in the spotlight of everybody. Spotlight of everybody. And then one day, she just got pregnant in her head. And she went home and she grabbed that boy and said, come here, boy. We finna have a baby. 
Well, the devil can't find her now. Because she's doing stuff she was never supposed to be able to do. Now, what am I asking you to do? Lose your religion now and watch what happens in seven days. Give up your religion now. You can turn the lights up and watch what happens in seven days. Just lose it. Give it up. Give it up. Give up trying to please God. Go back to your original birth in Him. There are just so many assignments in this room and I can see them spiritually. Assignments that are above your heads now. They're out of your reach. But they're still in your heart. They're out of your reach. But they're in your heart. Give them up. hard, isn't it? Hard to give up what you were taught to believe. My father was a Church of God in Christ minister. He never became an elder. He died and he never became a senior pastor. <coughs> but before he got saved, I wasn't born yet. He was a son of a gun. He gets saved, and now I'm witnessing him and my brothers and sisters, my father and them, have arguments every time we were together. They would argue, fuss all the time. And it took me a long time to figure out what the arguments were about. See, when my daddy got saved, he got saved. He dropped gambling. He dropped the women he was chasing. He dropped, he dropped it. I remember watching him mow the grass in black pants and a long white shirt. He got so saved, he became ridiculous. No, I'm serious. This is an issue, folks. My brothers and sisters, I have several of them who still won't come to God because my father painted this picture of this tyrannical beast that just loved to beat the hell out of people. And as I grew up, I learned everybody wasn't he hearing that message. I had to be sitting in my car when Charles Stanley was on the radio. And Charles Stanley would say, God loves you. That's why he created you. I never heard that before. That there is a reason for you to be here. 